Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. America is number one in violent crime. We are number one in divorce. We are number one in illegal drugs. We are number one in teenage pregnancies. We are number one in abortion. We do not have economic peace. We do not have religious peace. We don't have social peace. We don't have racial peace. We don't have family peace. We don't have inner peace. Sin is the barrier to peace. And only Jesus Christ can remove that barrier of sin. Good evening, I'm Kyle Welch, and welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. We are here every night at this time on KKLA to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lift up His name to the entire city of Los Angeles. No matter if you are listening tonight from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that tonight's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to all our listeners. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. Good evening, good evening. Great crowd here uh, tonight. Thank you so much for coming to church. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We're in a series on the Beatitudes. We're looking at number 7 out of 8. So this series is almost over. But we're looking at number 7. And it's Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. The Bible reads, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, there's so much in this one beatitude, I I really did not even know how to begin. I'm going to try to unpack this verse, and I want you to say, Lord, help the preacher. preacher. Say it again. I just want to make sure you're praying for me. And turn to your neighbor and say, "He, he needs lots of help. Say that. He needs lots of help. At this juncture of our story, our series on the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes take on a seismic shift. This takes place in Beatitude number seven. We go from Beatitudes to a do-attitude. It changes. I want to explain this to you. You see, the first six have to do with things on the inside. They're not things that you do. It's just who you are. You're poor in spirit. You mourn over your own sin. You hunger and thirst for righteousness. You are merciful. You are pure of heart. All of these have to do with what God expects you to be. But we come to number seven, it changes. It's no longer what He wants you to be. It's now something He wants you to do. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called sons of God. Now I've got to give you a little history or you will not understand this at all. 
If you understand the history, you've got a chance. Number one, write this down. The Romans are in charge of the world. Not a little bit of the world, all of the world. The known world. The Romans are in charge. I want to put a map up on the screen. I want you to look at that map and study it for a few moments. Everything that you see in color was what Rome had either controlled or in the process of controlling. If you look to the south or the bottom of the map, that's the northern part of Africa. They were, they were ruling out part of Africa. To your left, all the way to the left, is what we know today as Spain. And in the upper left-hand corner is Europe uh, and Germany. Uh, directly north would be Greece and Macedonia and Italy, uh, Rome itself. And the northeast, which would be upper right, is, is what we know as, as Asia Minor, part of Asia. And if you look all the way to your right on the far eastern edge, yes, and you need to understand this, when Jesus was talking, the Romans were occupiers of Palestine or the land we know today as Israel. Now this took about 200 years. Rome had been conquering the world through wars and through uh, battles, through eliminating their enemies. They were in charge of the known world, including Israel. Now, not only were Romans in charge of the world, and not only were Romans in charge of Jerusalem, they had an emperor by the name of Augustus. His name was Caesar Augustus. He's actually mentioned in your Bible. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it was Caesar Augustus, the one who was in charge of all of the Roman Empire, that demanded that everyone go to their hometown to register, and that decree by Caesar Augustus, the emperor of Rome, is what sent Joseph and uh, Mary down to that little town called Bethlehem where Jesus was born. And by the way, I will tell you this, that the month of August, that is a part of our yearly calendar, is actually named after Caesar Augustus. Augustus, the name means that which inspires reverence, or admiration, or, or meaning of supreme dignity and grandeur. Caesar Augustus rules the world. Now, all over the empire, they had these coins, just like we have coins, pennies and nickels and quarters. They had coins, and on the front of their coin, just like we have uh, George Washington on one of our coins and we've got Abraham Lincoln on one of our coins those guys have been dead a long time amen but Caesar Augustus is alive and he has his own coin and he's got his picture on that coin there's also an inscription on that coin I want you to write this down the inscription on the coin and you can actually go down there's a there's a coin shop that that's an archaeology coin shop that's authentic coins down on Ventura Boulevard, you can actually buy one of those coins for about 450 bucks if you wanted to give up the cash for it. There were so many of them, we still have them today. But the inscription on the coin for Caesar Augustus was the phrase, Son of God. Now do you understand that the Romans are in charge of the world, the empire have their own coins, and the picture on those coins is Caesar Augustus with the inscription, Son of God? You see, here's all you need to know about this beatitude. The only son of, that's the only Son of God they knew. 
They had no idea. They would not have known. They did not think. They did not know. They did not understand. We do today. But they did not understand that Jesus was the Son of the living God. They only knew Caesar as the Son of God. And so by the time you come to Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He starts off with these Beatitudes. They're following, they're listening because they're wondering, they're wondering if Jesus is the Messiah because if, if he is the Messiah, they believed that this Messiah would lead a military army and that they would actually go to war with the Romans and that they would defeat the Romans and they would kick the Romans out of Israel and that they would be in charge and that was the kind of Messiah they were looking for. And so they're listening to Jesus wondering if he's the Messiah or not. And he starts talking about this new kingdom. They say, hey, this is the stuff. This could be it. And he starts talking about all this stuff on the inside of their hearts like being poor in spirit and being merciful and mourning over their sin and hungering and thirsting for the things of God and being pure in heart. And all the things that God expected them to be. And then God drops this bombshell. Jesus drops this bombshell. He says, oh, by the way, there's one thing I want you to do. And if you'll do this, guess what? You can become a son of God. And in their mind, they're probably thinking, hey, we can conquer the world. We can be like the Emperor Augustus. We can have our own coin that says, Son of God, uh, tell us more. How do we do that? And then Jesus drops the bomb on them. He says, the way we're going to conquer the world is by being peacemakers. I feel sorry for them. They had to be confused. Because all they knew, the only one they knew was Caesar to be the Son of God. And, and now Jesus is telling they can be a son of God. They're thinking, I have to have an army. We're going to have to go to war. We're going to have to win the war. We're going to have to defeat the opposition. And Jesus comes along and says, it's just the opposite. If you want to rule the world, if you want to be victorious, if you want to be a son of the living God, you're going to have to become a peacemaker. They're trying to scratch their head. What's he talking about? I want you to write this down. They would probably never have fully understood this beatitude until after Jesus died on the cross, which is still about three years away when he says it. Now, here we are. We're looking back. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I want to explain to you in detail what it means to be a peacemaker. And this is how you become a child of God. Number one, write this down. A peacemaker is someone who has made peace with God. You cannot be a peacemaker unless you have made peace with God. A peacemaker is someone who knows Christ. Because the Bible teaches us that the only way anyone can ever have peace with God is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to explain that to you. There's some Bible verses in your notes there. Romans 15, 2 Corinthians 13, and Philippians chapter 4 reveals to us that God is a God of peace. When he created the world, he placed the first two human beings in the Garden of Eden. was a man by the name of Adam and a woman by the name of Eve. It was perfect, perfect paradise. There was no war. There was no hatred. There was no fighting. It was perfect in every way until God had put a 
one tree in the middle of that garden with a particular fruit and told Adam and Eve, don't ever eat of that fruit. At that point, they kind of have to make a decision. Are we going to obey God in this garden or are we going to do what we want to do? And they chose to eat of that fruit. And when they ate of that fruit, sin, write this down, sin entered the world at that moment and sin ruined everything. Adam, all you men, Adam was given a curse. And men, today you live underneath that curse. And women, you were given a curse. And today you live underneath that curse. The first two children that were born were Cain and Abel. And they got mad at each other. And the Bible actually says that Cain actually killed his brother Abel. And from that day till this day, man has been at war with God and man has been at war with one another. The world is filled with wars and battles around the globe. In Africa, there are civil wars and rebel groups everywhere. In the Congo, Nigeria, Somalia, and Sudan. There are corrupt governments throughout all of Africa. In Asia, there are 15 different countries and 125 different militia groups that are at war with one another. You have war in Europe, in Russia. There are eight different countries, including Russia right now, its front page, versus Ukraine. In the Middle East, just throw a dart wherever it lands. And where does all this fighting come from? I want you to write this down. James tells us it comes from within. All of the fighting that you see comes from within a man's heart. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark. I want to read a few verses, but I want you to see these verses. Go to Mark, Matthew, Mark, the very next book. Mark chapter 7. Verse 20, Jesus is speaking, and here's what he says. What comes out, everybody say out. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. Verse 21, Jesus says, because it's from within, out of a man's heart comes evil thoughts sexual immorality see sexual immorality is not the deed itself it's what's in a man's heart theft murder adultery those are all things we think those are outside activity it's those all, all things in a man's heart sexual immorality theft murder adultery verse 22 greed malice deceit lewdness man he covers everything envy slander arrogance and folly all these evils come from inside and make a man unclean war comes from within man battling one another comes from within hatred and division is from within strife and bitterness comes from a man's heart and only through jesus christ can we ever have peace in our hearts peace with god and peace with one another the Bible says, I'll put this on the screen in Ephesians chapter 2, for he himself, which would be Jesus, is our what? He is our peace. It's where peace comes from. I want to I make sure you understand this. Sin divides us, separates us from one another, but it also divides us, separates us from God. And anytime you and I sin, if we get in a fight or an argument against one another... 
or a husband and wife or parents and children or two people at work and you're fighting and you've got sin going back and forth, not only do you have sin going back and forth, all sin, even if it's going between the two of you, is still against God. And so sin is what separates us here on this earth from one another. It also is what separates us from God. Now, I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 1, all right? That's a little tiny book, and you might have to go to the concordance to find it. But uh, if you can find those four little books, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, it's the last of those four little books. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, chapter 1, verse 19. It says, for God was pleased. He was smiling. Everybody say, God was smiling. He was pleased. Now, here's what he was pleased. To have all of his, God, all of his fullness dwell in him. Who's him? That's Jesus. And through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself, God, All things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, you're the thing on earth, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So we know he's talking about Jesus. Verse 21. Once you, speaking to us, you were alienated from God. How in the world are we alienated from God? It's our sin. Sin alienates us from God. Verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in in your minds because of your evil behavior. Verse 22, but now, everyone say, but now praise God. Yeah, praise God's not in there. I just added that. You you ought to add that. (laughs) Say, but now praise God. But now praise God. He has reconciled you by Christ physical body through death to present you as holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation oh i love that verse because of my evil behavior it separates me from god but god looks down on me he loves me so much you see in my mind when i sin i must be an enemy of god but that's in my mind because i'm not an enemy of god god actually is pursuing me he loves me And so he sends Jesus Christ to that cross. And when Jesus dies on that cross and he sheds his blood, it's what it says, he sheds his blood on that cross, that shed blood and my faith in Jesus is what I once was alienated. Now I am reconciled through the death of Jesus Christ on that cross. Without without Christ, you will never have Christ there's a mansion in memphis tennessee it is the second most visited home in the world the first is the white house the second is in graceland the fellow used to live there by the name of elvis about 50 yards from graceland mansion is the grave of elvis presley He died on August 16, 1977. He died at the age of 42 of a drug overdose. Just before he died, he was so high on drugs. Many times he would eat alone on drugs. They would go on and find him 
bent over in a bowl of soup. He almost drowned several times in a bowl of soup. Here's a man at one time who was called the king. He had everything but one thing. He did not have true peace in his heart. Because the things of this world cannot bring peace. You cannot manufacture peace. We don't have much peace in America. America is number one in violent crime. We are number one in divorce. We are number one in illegal drugs. We are number one in teenage pregnancies. We are number one in abortion. We do not have economic peace. We do not have religious peace. We don't have social peace. We don't have racial peace. We don't have family peace. We don't have inner peace. Sin is the barrier to peace. And only Jesus Christ can remove that barrier of sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can bring you peace. You may have seen this t-shirt on the internet or someone wearing it. If you look at just the blue letters, just look at the blue letters. No Jesus, N-O, no Jesus, no peace. If you add the white letters and, and then read the words, it says, if you know who Jesus Christ is, then you'll have peace. You'll know peace. And that's what I want you to write down in that box at the bottom of point one. N-O, no Jesus, N-O, peace. But if you K-N-O-W, Jesus, you will K-N-O-W, peace. So being a peacemaker, before you go anywhere else with that phrase, it is someone who has made peace with God through Jesus Christ. If you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message tonight, we want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God. And prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There is a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, He would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing His people to take possession of the promised land. 
In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.